0: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
1: I think that when we're in a place of judgment, we're projecting out what we don't want to feel within. Judgment is another form of addiction. Judgment is a way that we numb out and anesthetize our own feelings of inadequacy. So when you catch yourself judging, rather than pointing the finger at somebody else, you want to ask yourself, what is it within me that's unresolved
0: right now? Maybe you come from a family with divorced parents. Do you not get married because the trauma leads you to believe that all marriages will fail? Or maybe you were bullied and called ugly at school Does that trauma force you not to pursue someone because you are petrified that you'll be rejected? Or maybe someone tells you you're stupid and just not good enough. Does that mean you don't believe in yourself and therefore you never go after your dream? Guys, it is becoming more and more evident than ever that our present is an echo of our past and to ignore that would be a disservice to our future. And there really is no better human on earth to help us address our past wounds in order to show up for our future selves than today's guest a former drug addict turned spirit junkie. She is a number one New York Times bestselling author of eight books, an international speaker for Google, TEDx Women and Oprah's Super Soul Sunday and has been featured in Vogue, Women's Health, People, Cosmopolitan, O Magazine and so many more. It's actually just easier to say she's been featured in pretty much every print magazine in existence than to actually list them all here. So guys, please help me in welcoming the woman that hasn't allowed her postpartum depression, anxiety, and insomnia to keep her in alignment with her true purpose. The woman who has honored her wounds in order to show up every day, not only to impact herself, but millions of people around the globe. The super attractor herself, my homie Gabby Bernstein.
1: I should bring you on the road with me. That was a gorgeous intro. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you. Oh, man. I mean, your work is absolutely incredible. And just diving deep into your world, there's so much that we can cover. So I really thought, you know, let's focus on our past traumas, our past wounds, because that's something that I know that you talk very eloquently about. And I mean, you're a New York Times bestseller, written seven massive books all about self-help. And you found yourself going to the doctors, needing therapy needing medication, um, and needing um, more tools to be able to progress. So can you take me through that in the sense of how do we address our wounds and our traumas every day and know that it's an evolution? I think that we all have, uh, in
1: our own ways, unresolved wounds from attachment breach from childhood experiences, from feelings of being unlovable and not good enough, they will continue to show up for us as somatic experiences. They'll show up in our lives as gut conditions, as as, as, as anxiety disorders. They may show up as insomnia. They may show up as back pain. They will show up until you show up for them. In my life as a uh, human, but also as a spiritual personal growth teacher, I have been in the devotional commitment of showing up for my my wounded parts so that I can step into the resourced, healthy, whole part of who I am. The journey I've been on is nothing short of a miracle. I've, I, as you mentioned earlier, I was a drug addict in my 20s, got sober at 25 just through my own desire to be clean. Then in my, my mid-30s, I remembered, uh, I remembered a dissociated traumatic event from my childhood that really put me on the path of understanding why I used in the first place to really understand why I was a drug addict. And then really made the devotional commitment to go further than my spiritual practice and really start to develop a therapeutic, many therapeutic practices for helping myself get back to a healthy baseline and for restoring my nervous system and grounding my energy so that I can be where I am today, Lisa, which is so fucking happy, so at ease, so healthy and well And I I wouldn't be able to be be in this place now if I hadn't had the opportunity to do all the big lifting and heavy lifting that I experienced before. So I'm grateful for the tough stuff because it's revealed the great stuff now.
0: Good, okay, there's so much to unpack there. So let's start with actually honoring your wounds because that is something that can be extremely painful. And I know that you say that in the effort of healing, it's not going to be easy. And you're going to have to look at the pain and look at the hard things and honor them. So how on earth, girl, do you actually even start to do that? Because we all spend, I think, a lot of time running away from pain and towards pleasure. And so when you're saying in order to get to the pleasure, you actually have to address the pain, when we've been running from it for so long, where do you even start? Like, how do you guide someone into taking that very first step when they have spent 20, 30, 40 years of their lives doing the absolute opposite?
1: The very first step is actually being the non judgmental witness of those wounds with a tremendous amount of self love and compassion, looking at the stuff that you may be running from, looking at the pattern. Maybe you don't even know what you're running from because it's a dissociated memory or it's just so buried, but you know you're running. Looking at the addictive patterns, looking at the physical issues, looking at whatever it is that's up for you and saying, okay, there you are. Thank you for revealing to me that there is something that needs to be healed and opening up your conscious awareness to be in the receptive willing state of allowing healing to come forth for you and what i mean is that we can't change until we're willing to change we can't heal until we're willing to heal so the big step the big first step comes with the willingness that's why so many people actually start to create change when they hit a bottom like they are in the hospital because of their their physical condition or they're you know at a uh, alcoholics anonymous meeting because they've you know hit, you know crashed their car or whatever it is those bottoms are amazing i i they 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 are they often uh, inspire this roomy quote that i love so deeply which is the wound is the place where the light enters you so, you have these moments in life where you are in the wound, you feel the experience, and you realize there has to be a better way. Those moments are a miracle because an invisible door opens for you to start to really open up your creative capacity to receive support and guidance from the universe and from the people in your life, whether it be a therapist or a podcast like this, you know, whatever it may be that you are guided to the resources that you need when you open up with the bravery and the willingness to ask for help and asking can be a prayer too. It doesn't always have to mean asking a specific person for help, you know?
0: God, okay, there's so much there that I want to go deep in. So first of all, the fact that you're just saying it's a decision, I love that so much. Like you need to decide that you are willing to go down the path of healing. And that to me, when I heard you say that, it feels like that's just a massive key for somebody to start their journey of just, okay, today I decide. And then the second part of what you said is sitting there with no judgment. And I actually have a quote of yours that like hit me so hard. You said, we judge because we are actually judged judging a disowned part of our own shadow. That's right. So talk to me about that. And then let's go a little deeper on judgment, because I think that there's a big thing between saying, let's sit and not judge. And then how do you actually not judge yourself when the thoughts just keep trying to penetrate that mind of yours? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that when we're in a place of judgment,
1: we're projecting out what we don't want to feel within. Judgment is another form of addiction. Judgment is a way that we numb out and anesthetize our own feelings of inadequacy. So when you catch yourself judging, rather than pointing the finger at somebody else, you want to ask yourself, what is it within me that's unresolved right now? Often I find myself when I'm judging someone like a friend or something, it's because I feel disappointed in them or I do feel disappointed because they didn't, you know, I didn't get my needs met in some way or whatever, you know, my thing is. Uh, Or if I'm judging somebody for like how they, they show up on the internet, it's like, there, What is it within me? Well, it's my lack of compassion and awareness for their suffering. So in any way, when we're judging, we're actually projecting out a disowned part of our shadow, a part of us that is unresolved, a part of us that is still needing resources and healing and support. And the best practice for really clearing judgment is to take your fingers and stop pointing them at everybody else and look back at yourself gently without any judgment of yourself, but just say, what kind of... What can I work on here? How
0: can I how can
1: I really begin to adjust my uh, my own internal condition?
0: Okay, so that's amazing. So now, how do you not judge yourself? So you know, it's like I'm always like, okay, Gabby Bernstein said, you know, to sit down and look at your wounds and don't judge them. But when you're actually sitting there by yourself and your mind starts to just wonder, it has the habit, I, you know, at least for me, it has the habit to go back to the negative thoughts that I keep repeating in my head since I was a little girl. You're not good enough. You're, you know, you're ugly. Who the hell do you think you are? Like these are all the negative thoughts that if when I sit, in my judgment, those are the things I know are gonna come flooding back because those are the things that I try every day to stop from flooding me. So when that happens, how on earth do I recenter? go, this is for my good, I know I need to go through this, no judgment, but how do you actually do that?
1: Well, the pathway to dissolving self-judgment is establishing self-compassion. The biggest most important practice that I have in my own toolkit for myself is radical self-compassion. So the moments when I notice, oh wow, Gabby, you could have done that better, or so and so didn't give you the feedback you wanted, or you're feeling I I return to a resourced part of myself that I've continued to become closer and closer to as I the more therapy and the more spiritual foundation that I've established. And I let that part of me, the part of me that mothers my son, the part of me that would care for a friend, the part of me that would show up with only love and compassion, I let that, that part speak back to the judgmental part. And that loving part would say to the judgmental part, you're doing the best you can, Gab. You know It's okay if you made that mistake, forgive yourself. Let's Think about what we could do differently next time. It's all good. You're, you're a work in progress. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're amazing. So I always ask myself, how would I speak to Oliver, my son? How would I speak to my child if he was having a moment of feeling inadequate? What would I say to him? Well, I'd be like, babe, you are amazing. You are everything. You are the most wonderful human. Everything about you is, is light. You are a miracle. I say that back to myself. And that's a practice, Lisa, you know, it's very hard for people when you've lived for most of pe- most people live their lives just in a perpetual state of self attack. And so the idea of speaking kindly to yourself is terrifying. But the thing is, is like, you know, we have to say nice things to ourselves, because really, we're the only one listening. So we had to like, you know, make sure that we're really proactively getting into a positive, empowering inner dialogue. And that's that self-compassion can be developed over time, but it can begin with positive and loving self-talk.
0: Mm, yeah, I actually love that. Um, talk to me about your self-care, because I know that you really um, you go hard on the fact that that's been something that's really been important to you for you to heal um your traumas and all just the things that you've been going through. So um yeah, talk to me about that. And I've heard you say that basically you have non-negotiable non-negotiable self-care practice. Um, I love that phrase. Um, how did you get to that point? Because I think a big part of what my audience finds is, you know, we talk a lot about self-care, but the problem is sometimes on a daily basis, people are negotiating with that, right? They're, they're crossing the boundaries. They're like, oh, but just this and just this. And before you know, you have all the right intentions but you end up negotiating, you end up sacrificing. And before you know it, you're back to almost square one. So you saying non-negotiable self-care has hit me so hard. So take me down that mm,
1: path. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I can, I'm not, it's not, I'm not one of those people that just like says a cool thing. I really do it. I won't say it if, unless I do it. So you can definitely quote me on being unapologetic about my self-care it is my highest priority because if my temple, if my energy field, if my physical presence, if my mental psyche is not steady, is not at ease, is not regulated, then everything in my life gets dysregulated. Everything, my work, my my team, my child, my husband. Because our energy is our source of power. Our energy is what attracts towards us. Our energy is what is what cr- is the creative force within us. Our energy is what h- uh, creates uh, support and sustainable experiences with the people that are around us. So instead of just giving, 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 pushing, 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 I have to focus all that first onto myself. Self-care for me looks like Sleep hygiene. I go to bed at nine o'clock and at nine p.m. and I wake up at seven thirty every single day. That's like almost ten hours of sleep, if not more. I stop eating dinner at six p.m. just so that I can have a nice, like you know, subtle uh, fast, well, you know, for 13 hours or so I, I will, will be unapologetic about my hour long meditation. It's in the middle of the day that I had to miss today, which I'll do ex- the second we're done with this. I go into my meditations. I won't actually miss it. Even if it gets adjusted because of my schedule, I never miss it. Right. I, I, and people might be like, well, you know, you work for yourself. you got the time to do it. I've never been busier in my entire life and I make the time to, to create that space. And, and that is, like I said, a non-negotiable exercise, mentally, mental health, mental fitness, uh, No matter what your circumstances, you can control your breath. You can control your thoughts. You can control, I don't even love the word control, but you have the power to adjust your thinking, adjust your breathing, adjust your eating, adjust. I mean, some people may not have the privilege of eating organic or beautiful food, but they can make smarter choices. And we just have to take our well-being into our own hands and really consciously show up for ourselves. It's um, obviously easier to do when you may have the childcare that you have or whatever it is. So I don't want to be this like asshole that shows up and is like, you know, everybody has to meditate for an hour a day. Not everybody has an hour a day, but find what works for you and make it become unapologetic about it.
0: Oh my God. And that's the thing. When I first met you maybe over a year ago now, like you have this way about you where you really do have, you have conviction things you say, and you are unapologetic, but you are utterly graceful with it and when I think about the word unapologetic it does like I love the word by the way but it comes it makes me feel like like I don't give a shit what people think I'm gonna do me and that's that you are not like that at all you are the most graceful unapologetic person I've ever met so how do you do that because that's the problem I think a lot of people find where it's like okay I, I understand the importance of self-care Gabby's laid it out I'm doing it it's great I'm gonna be unapologetic. And then you get all these people trying to dictate whether you should or not. How do you stay firm with utter freaking grace?
1: How do you stay firm with utter freaking grace? Good question, Lisa. (laughs) Well, I think that when people walk their talk, that is when they become unapologetic because it's no longer this thing I have to prove it's something that I have to stand by. So I'm not walking around (laughs) trying to prove to you how much I care for myself. I'm just sharing with you how important that is to me. That is when we become grounded in our commitments, is when we're no longer doing it to prove it, but we're doing it because it's integrated.
0: That was so powerful in so many ways because it's so true. And when I met you, um, I just, I just sensed that. So, um, okay. I really want to talk about our health and the gut because when I first met you I had massive gut issues I've been suffering them for years and the reason why I want to bring it up is I've I thought I tried everything I've tried you know meditating I've tried going to all the official doctors I tried yoga all of this stuff and I was getting better slowly I took ownership over it because I know that's a big thing for you as well taking ownership over your life and the way you show up every day so I was taking ownership but I was still like having this bit of a roadblock and I met you and within two seconds so I that you can't oh, be so great to be oh my god like i've got gut issues too and you look around you're like well and we were shooting and we had a house full of like 30 people or something and you look around and you're like oh you live here and i was like yeah and you're like well honey that's why and you were just so like honest with your feedback and it was so interesting that with that honesty came an intense amount of like it was like a lightning bolt mm. so How do you think about that in the sense of being so honest that it becomes a lightning bolt or sometimes Mm -hmm. being so honest even with yourself that you almost do the opposite? So how do you know, um, God, what am I even like asking?
1: Well, I actually know what you're asking. So Lisa, I practice radical honesty and sometimes the best and most gentle way I have found to practice radical honesty is to just call it out and say, so my friend, I practice radical honesty or so new person in my life. I practice radical honesty and this is, uh, this is what I do. So it's always healthier. I find to just tell people the truth. And if, if you're willing, I'd like to tell you the truth. And, and, uh, or in some cases where it's a reciprocal relationship, I'll just speak, like, so here's my truth. And I, I, I also practice nonviolent communication, which is really about expressing how I feel and and really what I need. But in the sake of giving advice, I find that if someone's come to me with a request, I'm also I'm also a self-proclaimed fixer, and my entire career is about giving advice. But when people come to me asking for help, my my initial response is here's here's you know a really strong spiritual kick in the ass, or here's here's my here is my advice. And I think if you if it, when you offer up guidance to anyone from a place of honesty and a place of to your point grace and compassion then it can't come across as a judgment and when it comes to giving advice to others and caring for others just just telling the truth is the most uh loving thing we can do
0: yeah oh god i mean so true hit me so hard in that moment and it was like the first time I met you and I was like I need to know this woman because having that type of honesty being surrounded by that type of honesty I think can um only serve you um but I actually want to go back to something else that you said earlier so you using the word control and I've heard you say that you don't like the word control you even corrected yourself as you were saying it um and here's what I want to talk to you about because I love it so much I'm obsessed with control Gabby and so I've heard you all also talk about surrender. And again, the reason why I love doing this show is to open my eyes to new tactics, new ways of thinking so that I personally can keep growing. So I've been on the whole train of control, control, control. Everything's my fault because if everything's my fault, then I can take ownership. If I can take ownership in the bad stuff, then I can take ownership in the good stuff. So it's been super motivating for me. But I've heard you talk about surrender and I actually find it completely beautiful. So I want to just talk to you about the difference between surrender and control, why you think control can be detrimental, and what you actually mean by surrender because I think sometimes people think that you mean um, basically don't do anything what up guys now I'm going to share something with you I can sometimes have a tendency to overthink question myself and sometimes or maybe very often doubt the decisions I've made and so my mind just starts spiraling round and around. Does that sound familiar? Well, let's face it. When it comes to hiring people on your team, the pressure to make the right choice, the right hire and the right person is even bigger. The stakes are so freaking high. So you need to actually make sure that you have the right tools to help you find the right people so that your team can actually have clarity and work with utter confidence. And that's why, honestly, you've got to go check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, let me repeat that, a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And their simple tools make it so easy for you to filter candidates that actually have the skills and experience you are looking for, which saves you time. It's the one thing you're never going to get back is time. So hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 20. 24 hours. It's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So guys, go check them out. LinkedIn jobs can actually help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So go and post your job for absolutely free guys at linkedin.com slash Lisa. Once again, guys, that's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. Now, we've all had that one friend who chimes in with the old adage, if it's right, it should be easy advice when we're having relationship problems. But from my experience, homie, that's not at all true. Whether it's romantic, friendships or professional or relationships, all relationships require that you put the time and effort into growing and developing that relationship. And the best, most rewarding relationships happen when both people are willing to put in the freaking hard work to make that happen. I mean, that's certainly been mine and my husband of 21 years motto. So my homie, when you do actually face challenges in your relationship, therapy can be a great place to feel heard and work through it. And there's no easier or more convenient place to get started with therapy than, with BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is 100% online and flexible to fit wherever and however crazy your schedule is, because that's the important part, that you can absolutely have BetterHelp navigate your current life with the bandwidth that you have. And all you have to do is answer a few questions to get matched with a therapist that actually can best help you and be catered to you. So guys, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. So go visit slash women today to get 10% off your first month that's help slash women when you're working really hard to build the freaking amazing life and career that you want it's sadly really easy to push your health needs to the back burner And guys listen I totally get it because not all that long ago that was me I put everything into my business, everything into my goals and my family. And yep, I totally ignored my own health and wellness. And so I just learned the very hard way that putting your well-being first is actually the key to being a confident un-freaking-stoppable badass in everything that you do. So, Mahomi, put yourself first and get mentally and physically strong with Aloe Moves, your go-to app for everything from meditation to yoga to strength training to hit and so much more. And I love how Aloe Moves has such a wide variety of class types and levels to keep you motivated with whatever you need on your journey. No matter what your path is, it's time to make a move with Allo Moves. So right now, guys, you can go and get a free 30-day Allo Moves subscription by going to allomoves.com and use code WOI30. That's Allo, moves.com, code WOI30 in all caps. Allomoves.com, code WOI30, all caps. Okay, well, let's first talk about surrender. So surrender isn't giving up, it's giving
1: over. It's welcoming a path that may not be what we expected. It's taking our hands off the wheel, releasing control, opening up our consciousness to something that could be this or something better. And when we have that kind of mindset, it gives us the freedom to not have things work out the way we thought. It gives us the freedom to be open to creative possibilities that may be way better than what we could have kept in our own controlled state. And it gives us the freedom to relax. And so when we're in a place of controlling, controlling, we're, uh, we're energetically strangling our dreams and we while it may feel productive at times, and it may feel, because I'm a former controller myself, while it may feel productive at times, and while it may feel most mostly, Lisa, safe, often controllers control so that they can feel safe, okay? And so I just want to really honor you for that that willingness to be be vulnerable and say, Yeah, I'm a controller. And you you've definitely created a lot out of that space, and you've been in the pursuit of so much good from that space. So it can be hard to see it as something that's detrimental because it's often probably praised, right? That's the part of you that people are always like, Wow, Lisa, you get you get shit done, you do so much, you're always making things happen but at the same time it could be some some can be quite detrimental to your nervous system to your gut to your overall well-being and so it's a balance right it's about finding the reasons what we we have these controlling mechanisms because we're running from a feeling and so when we start to allow ourselves to be present and and work through and become become aware and conscious and compassionate towards those feelings, whether it be through therapy, whether it be through self-help books, whether it be through your own practices, then you can start to lay down the defense mechanisms. And control is just one example of a protector part, a mechanism for staying safe. There's addiction, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's sex, there's work, whatever it is. There's rage. There's a million ways that people protect themselves from their feelings, but control is a big one. And I, re- I res- I recognize it. Um, I'm in recovery from it. And I
0: just want to acknowledge
1: that it's, it's, it's hard to live in that way because it's exhausting.
0: <laughs> yeah. God, you really hit me with that. And again, going back to your honesty with everything. Um, so you used yeah, them, you, you can't get on a, on a Zoom, on a, on a interview with me
1: without me telling you the truth.
0: Which you know, um, is so amazing because you make me think in just different ways. And like I said, that's exactly what I love about the show, what I love about you, because I want to keep thinking and growing and knowing more about myself and understanding more about myself. And I totally get what you mean about the control feeling like it's this big knot inside you. Now, here's the thing though. How do you let go of the control, but not then let go of the direction in which your life is going.
1: That's so beautiful. So I always thought that when I would let go, that once I let go of control, I would lose my edge, but it's actually that my edges softened. And so it's not that I was no longer able to do what I used to do or to create as much as I could create is that I could do it in a more meaningful way. And so we think that we have to control things and struggle to succeed, but it's quite the opposite. When we do fully let go and start to get into a more centered state, that's when everything starts to unfold.
0: Break that down even more for me.
1: Well, you have more power because your creations are no longer coming from a frenetic state. They're coming from a centered, steady, grounded place. so i w- I was able to create a lot in a controlled frenetic state, but I didn't wasn't able to do that without, you know, pissing off a lot of people that worked for me and having Severe gut issues and meltdowns, and you know, freakouts, and you know, sort of like disruptions in my relationships. So now I can do the same work, but far more while being a healthy person to work for, while being a healthy woman to be married to, while being a healthy woman that mothers a child, right? While doing all of the things that the big things that i'm here to create in the world so you when you release the control you relax your container which is your energy field your nervous system and in that relaxed state you have far more power to create and to cultivate
0: okay i love that so now how do i Actually, do it. So imagine the because you like I don't know the words came to my mind like the recovering controlist. Like, is that even a thing? You know, like AA, you get badges. Maybe you get like for not being in control. Controlling
1: is like- just like alcoholism. There's hmm. it's just another form of addiction.
0: So how do you then um, do the steps? First step, admit you're powerless. Admit you're powerless over (laughs) your
1: need to control. And uh, that's, you know, that again, back to the willingness, the willingness to start to change the pattern. And then that willingness opens up the possibility for talking about it in a therapy session or the possibility of reading a book that you never thought you'd read. Uh, The other thing also is, you know, one of the fastest ways to start to be in the practice of releasing control is to forget what you think you need. Because when we think, okay, it has to be this way, this is the only way, then that's the controlling way. And when we start to uh, release what we think we need and become open to whether you wanna receive it as spiritual guidance or intuitive guidance, and to allow ourselves to, to witness what can unfold, then the need to control is no longer necessary for that specific outcome. But I think the biggest thing is, is that really unpacking the why, why are you controlling in the first place? What are you running from? Because if you're in a, a perpetual state of control, you're likely in a perpetual state of hyper arousal, right? Fight, flight, flee, right? And and what happens in that state is that there's there's it's a it's another form of running. So starting to unpack, what am I running from, and how can I address this?
0: That's amazing. I also heard you talk about, and let me pull up a quote, which was, it hit me. You said, um, even a positive habit can be a negative control.
1: Yeah. Like my work, I think was a positive, has always been in the positive pursuit of goodness in the world, but it was another form of controlling, right? So it was like, I would write one book and then I would sell the next one. And then I'd write the next one and I'd sell the next one. And it was like, just consistently doing, doing, doing. So it's not that it was in the bad thing. It was a beautiful thing. It's helped many people, but uh, it's nice to be able to do it now from a different state of being. So even even something like, you know, being very kind and giving can be something that is an addictive pattern, right? The codependent pattern of like overly giving, overly caring, putting yourself, putting other people in front of yourself. So while it may look like a uh, so socially acceptable, seemingly good situation that you put yourself in, it actually can be very detrimental to you or to others.
0: That's the thing, right? We all get um, accolades for doing that. Oh my God, you're so wonderful. You're the great daughter. You're the daughter, right? Like, so you almost, people want to feel good about themselves. So you lean into the things that you get compliments for. So you help people, you get compliments, so you help people more. So you over time end up giving up more and more of yourself thinking that you're actually doing better, but in the long run it becomes absolutely detrimental to your self-being that's right baby that's exactly right mm-hmm. I, fr- I freaking love that girl um mm. i definitely wanted to say so you we were talking about surrender so i really want to just keep going because i love how you said um oh and when you can't surrender just surrender more like, yeah it's, <laughs> i freaking love the way you put things talk to me more about that like how how do you just keep surrendering because again like and because I'm a control... I don't want to say control freak. It's interesting. I say control freak almost like it's a compliment to myself. Yeah. But it's, it's weird, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we said before, one when, when our patterns, our addictive patterns are socially acceptable... It's actually more dangerous because they're praised and because people will say, oh, it's so awesome how you just get everything done. and so awesome how organized you are and all the different things that we get you know, praised for when it's actually a behavior that's maybe really hard for us. so. Uh, but also, you don't have to lose that behavior. You don't have to lose, like I said, you don't have to lose the edge. It just the edges become softer. So we have uh, these I have many practices that I teach that help us get into a place of surrendering and, and they're often surrender is when I bring in the most spiritual conversation, because when we're in this controlling mindset, it's very much. All about me my body there's nothing it's like my humanness my experience there's no concept that there is like a higher power or that there's a universal presence but when we start to open up our consciousness to receive uh guidance from an intuitive source whether we call that intuition god spirit universe i don't give a shit but whatever you call it let letting another source of of inspiration come through is when we can start to let go of our grip because it's when we think it's only my way, that's when we're holding on really tightly. But if we start to take our hands off the wheel, we can do that through a prayer by saying, you know, thank you universe for, for helping me surrender. Thank you for opening me up to creative possibilities. Thank you for revealing to me what I need to know. If any form of prayer is, like, uh, is, is a form of surrender. And then, like I said earlier, forgetting what you think you need is another form of surrender. Because when you stop obsessing about the outcome or focusing or controlling the outcome and instead say confidently I welcome what is of the highest good then you can do things without as much pressure and therefore without as much control. Um, surrender is really hard for someone who's a self-identified control freak so I just want to be you know compassionate
0: about that. <laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> and so as you're surrendering, as you're letting go of the control you, and things that you talk about really is a lot of like mental reconditioning, right? It's reconditioning the way that you think, reconditioning the way that you perceive things and um, reframing things. Um, and I've heard you break down how to mentally recondition yourself. Can you give me those steps? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, the most, I think the most
1: valuable tool I could offer people these days is a method from my book, Super Attractor. It's called the choose again method. The first step is to notice that negative thought that you have on repeat and just notice it. Just notice it. How does it make you feel? The second step is to forgive yourself for having the thought. So it's like, oh, there's that thought again, but it's just a thought that I keep thinking. It's not the truth of who I am. I'm just going to forgive myself for having that thought. And then the third step is the fun step, which is starting to choose again and reach for the next best feeling thought. So if the thought, why don't you give me a negative thought and we can work on it?
0: Um, You're stupid. That's my negative thought. That is my, it's my trigger. Okay. So you're
1: stupid. Oh, baby. Okay. So how does it make you feel when you hear When you hear that thought?
0: So once upon a time, really shitty about myself, it stopped me from trying anything. It stopped me from ever putting myself out there. Um, but over time, as I went through my growth, my mindset, as we've started to build quests, as I started to realize who Lisa was, what I want in life, I realized that that was a negative thing. It would show up every day as my trigger. So I have actually in the last, let's say 10 years, used that and I'd actually be fascinated to hear what you think about my strategy. I now go, okay, I can't stop it. I've tried, I've tried to block it, quieten it, But instead, now, what if I say, hey, what if it's my friend? What if it's actually trying to tell me something? And so now when I have that negative thought, I actually don't feel badly about myself. So if it's a situation where that voice is coming, Lisa, you're stupid. You shouldn't be going into this meeting. I go, oh, great friend. You're telling me I'm not prepared. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm going to go do my research. So I have flipped it out of the incapability of shutting out.
1: All right. That's cool. That's similar to what I'm going to tell you, but it's a little bit, um, I can give you a gentler, softer way. So here we go. So you've got the first step, which is noticing the thought. There it is again. The second step, I want you to forgive yourself for having the thought because it's, it's what Abraham Hicks say is that a belief is just a thought that you keep thinking. So if you have this thought that's just showing up and you start to believe in it, it's just a thought that you keep thinking. So give yourself permission to forgive yourself for having the thought. Oh, there it is again. Okay. I let myself off the hook. The third step is to choose again, which is similar to what you're doing. We can even just reframe it even more, which was, which is like, well, if I were stupid, how could I have built a bajillion dollar business? Right? <laughs> or if I were stupid how could I be pulling off this amazing team that Gabby Bernstein said are the best people ever, right? Or if I were stupid, I can, and here's the thing, I, have... I can
0: actually give you responses of what my negative thought would say to that. What would it say? It would say, but it wasn't me, it's the team. I just- Baby. But he's- right. his... Keep going, I love this.
1: What- can you believe in when we talk about not being stupid like what do you believe in let's reach for that that
0: i am capable of always getting better so even if i think i'm stupid now i remind myself but you're capable of getting better and that is what doesn't keep me still it doesn't keep me from procrastinating it doesn't keep me frozen um which i know it does a lot it like can petrify people
1: So reaching for the next best feeling thought really means that you have to reach for a thought that you believe in, right? So if you believe in, well, I'm capable of getting better, then reach for that. I am always learning more. Reach for that. I am always growing. I am always changing. You know, really reaching for what you believe in is the only way out. And so it sounds to me like you're really intuitively doing a lot of this for yourself already, but I'd love for you to start to even reach for even bigger belief systems that you believe in and then go even further and further and further to get yourself into a really
0: positive place about it. I absolutely love that. Um, this is why I love talking to you because you're so freaking real and you just lay it on the line. I absolutely love it. Well, t- so talk to me, actually, the one thing that I'd be so sad if we didn't talk about is everything you're saying is like, what are the things that you're recognizing that you know that can hold you back? The detrimental, the traumas go back. But what if, which was in the case of yours, girl, which I like haven't really heard about it, but like you blocked out all of your trauma and Mm, didn't even mm -hmm. realize it existed. So everything we've been talking Mm. about now is almost identifying all these moments, right? Retracing, Mm -hmm. reformatting, um, reassessing, reframing everything so that we can get strong. We can show up for ourselves every day. But when I heard your story and it's like, you didn't even realize you had the trauma. Um, How do you guide people with right now that may be listening and like, oh, this is fantastic, but I don't actually think I have trauma. And maybe they don't, but how do you, how did you unpack
1: I mean, listen, I think everybody has trauma, whether it's with a big T or a small T. So, you know, being told you're stupid on the playground could be a traumatic event for someone. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's a complex trauma, which means that it can be very difficult to unpack and undo and very repetitive and on a loop, but it still has an effect. So I just want to honor all people for where they are and what they've been through. Uh, we've all lived through COVID, so we've all experienced a traumatic event. So there's it's affecting us all in different ways. I uh, would say that what happened for me is I dissociated from my trauma. My trauma experience—I had experienced trauma as a child—and when often when a child experiences something that's so overwhelming and floods their system, the brain has a beautiful protection mechanism, which it just tucks that memory away and says, "No, like we're not gonna, we're not gonna remember that." Uh, but the problem is is that the body remembers and the nervous system remembers. And so while you may not recall the flood of emotions, you can actually relive them every single day when something triggers those emotions. So for instance, if things feel out of control or if you don't feel like you're being cared for or whatever it is, boom, you want to react, react, react to protect, protect, protect from actually remembering those experiences. My therapist explained it to me that when I was 36 years old and I did re- actually remember my traumatic experience from my childhood that came in very much like an emotional remembrance and a visual remembrance and just maybe not all the parts in place, but the, the knowing. She said that I was safe enough at that time in my recovery to remember. Not everybody has the luxury, if they've had a dissociated experience, to be safe enough in the moment when they do remember. Sometimes it happens like because it's triggered out of nowhere. But in my case, there was enough safety and stability in my life that I was able to really remember and crack into it, really. So I was having sort of like mental breakdowns as I cracked into the memory. But the thing that I can say to you now is that I'm so deeply grateful for every experience in my life, even the traumatic event, because it allowed me to live, to tell the story of recovery. And I know that I'm here to be a conduit through which the stories of healing come forth and they're coming forth, my friend, and they're coming forth. I'm writing a new book about it. They're coming forth in my ability to to, to do this show, Dear Gabby, my podcast. And so I'm so grateful for the difficult moments because they've given me the gift of being able to support other people. And so my hope is that when people do go through difficult times, they can look back and be grateful for the things that caused them the most discomfort because those were the things that really allowed them to see what needed to be healed. Uh, There's a beautiful message from A Course in Miracles that it says, there is a way of living in the world that is not here, though it seems to be. You do not change appearance, but you smile more frequently. Your eyes are soft and your forehead is serene. Now, my friend, that is a true place we can be. And I want to I want to be able to sit here and look at you and say that it's possible and that you can still be in the pursuit of growth and, and healing and feel really fucking great at the same time.
0: <laughs> Go mic drop there's nothing to add to that oh my god where can people find you where can people find this new show that you're doing dear gabby which is freaking awesome by the way girl you are on fire um where can people get all your books everything you're doing well, everything's at
1: GabbyBernstein.com, but the thing that I'm most excited about right now is this podcast. I really want to encourage everybody to go listen to it. It's going to be out at the end of April in 2021, whatever time of the world you're listening to this in 10 years from now. And uh, I, I'm i very, very proud of this. It's it's a, a show that came out of the pandemic something I was doing for fun on Instagram every Wednesday, and it became a movement. And really, ultimately, it's people coming on my show and just getting dear gabby. It's like being workshopped and coached by me. And we cover topics from depression to suicide to to, uh, loss of a child to breakups to manifesting to job switching jobs to cancer to whatever needs to be revealed and healed. And it's so awesome lisa i'm so proud of it and um i have to have you on one day
0: <laughs> oh girl trust me i'll be there in a heartbeat i've been watching all your stuff on youtube it is so freaking fire like you were meant to do this girl so guys guys please go check it out i'm telling you you will not be disappointed to be as excited as i am right now with her content so go check it out if you're not following me follow me at lisa Billu. and guys if this episode brought you value please do share subscribe drop in the comments below what thing gabby said today that literally really changed your life drop it in there i want to read back what you guys think and guys until next time be the hero of your own life peace out guys working to be confident and freaking badass can be very difficult now i get it guys i get it kicking ass and taking names takes energy but when it comes to micronutrients you're like wait how much vitamin b do i need It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energised. Which of course are all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass. So it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with AG1. Now, if you're a long-time listener, you might know that I've actually been supporting AG1 for many years now. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, That actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So, guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com slash Lisa. That's drinkag1.com slash Lisa. Go check it out. What up, my homie? First, I just want to actually thank you. Like, from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, absolutely thank you for your support, your support for me, your support for the show, Women of Impact. Like, you have no actual idea how much this really means to me when I had that original vision of what I wanted to do and no one was listening. So thank you. Thank you for being here and actually supporting other women along this journey. And I'm going to be honest, if you actually want to level up your confidence game, my homie, then check out Women of Impact's subscription channel. It's specifically designed to help you in every aspect that you're looking for. Now, here's what you get. You get new episodes delivered ad-free. You get exclusive access to listen to Women of Impact roundtable discussions, weekly motivation, previously unreleased episodes and That's just the beginning. Subscriber only access to an additional four podcasts with hundreds of archived Women of Impact episodes meticulously, meticulously curated into theme playlists and updated weekly so that you get the dose that you need. So if you're looking to boost your confidence, then go and check out the Get Confidence playlist. If you want to repair, heal or start a relationship, then go check out Love Lab. And if you're wondering how you get your health back on track so that you can keep showing up to have the confidence that you're looking for, then go check out Health Hub. And of course, this wouldn't be complete without my weekly boost of mini motivations from What. That's right. It'll have you strutting down the street with your head held high, feeling like a freaking badass. And guess what the playlist is called? The badass boost, of course. So guys, don't settle for mediocrity when you can absolutely be extraordinary. So guys, subscribe to Women of Impact channel today on Apple Podcasts or Supercast. But no matter where you're listening, guys, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or any other platform, make sure you're following so you don't miss out on other episodes. And don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on this episode, our incredible sponsors and upcoming events.